You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Well, ladies, we have to start with Ukraine. It is the issue of the day. And it's, it's just, it's not changing. I mean, it's changing a little bit. Some things are getting better. Some things are getting worse. But, you know, Russia has overwhelming force, ultimately. And Ukraine is a country about the size of Texas. The amazing thing to me is what a phenomenal job the people of Ukraine are doing in holding off this invasion. Although every day there's new news, there's children being killed, there's citizens being killed as they're trying to evacuate. Now there is the possibility of a nuclear leak in one of their facilities that um, because the power was off and they couldn't cool the rods, that there is a potential for a catastrophe there. So it's really one thing after another, and it will continue to be because that's war. But what I want to talk about is two things, really. I want to talk about the impact on ourselves. We know that the impact to the Ukrainians is horrific and to Europe. But what about the impact to us? And under a lot of pressure from politicians, uh, from the public, the, the majority of Americans felt that Joe Biden should cut off the oil from Russia, which is about 10% of our oil. And he finally did that. What he didn't do is he didn't open our pipelines. Although there's a whole conversation about this that we can have because there are, according to Jen Psaki, there are about 60% of the oil leases in existence that are not being used. And they blame the people that own the oil leases, the people that own the oil leases in our country blame the Biden administration for the uh, regulations that they have put on that make, make it impossible for them to open the oil leases. So we may see some of that changing, but I want to talk about just real quickly before I get into oil, what your impressions are about what this war caused by Russia in Ukraine is what effect is that having on we as Americans in our everyday lives? That's a big question. Do <laughs> you want to go ahead, Judy? We both have, I'm sure, a yeah. lot to say about that. Well, I mean, I am Ukrainian. Um, do you still have relatives over there, Judy? I um, not. I do. None that I am in communication with. I know that um, my grand, Granny Rose, Fatinia, she was still sending money to her relatives um, over there when she passed away. Now she passed away about 10 years ago. Um, and I was never, you know, we, I have never gone to the Ukraine and I haven't met my relatives, but I know that we have relatives over there. Um, and I am... I, there's such a mixture of uh, pride and um, sadness that I'm feeling 
for my family there, for the Ukraine people. I feel like they are just caught in this horrible, horrible situation that these rulers are controlling. I, I am, I'm, I'm not really a fear monger, but I, I look at this and I think I don't really, again, it all comes back to, I don't really know if all of the information that our um, leaders and our media is giving us is, is a hundred percent true. Um, meaning I, there's all sorts of ulterior motives. I, I look at how much the Ukrainian people are suffering as, as well as then the American people here. Now, uh, this administration is now blaming this war on the high prices of gas, uh, which will affect every single item that we use in our daily life, whether we have money or not, whether we're wealthy, middle class, or um, or technically poor. I I think that it's going to be devastating to our country, to our people, um, and it's horribly devastating, obviously, to the Ukrainian people. I just read how Russia has bombed the children's hospital. Now, why would you bomb the children's hospital? I, I have no, I don't know. And I, I'm, I'm horribly sad for these Russian soldiers who have been sent in to do this horrible work. And, I, and, and under what pretense, what lies has Putin and his administration told them? Why, you know, why are they willing to fight like this? Why are they willing to destroy this continent? I, um, I don't, I don't understand. I'm, I am heartbroken. Um, Beauty, what the soldiers, what the Russian soldiers have said is that mm -hmm. the pretense that they were given is that they were going in to rescue uh, the people of Ukraine against Nazism and Um, and now that they get there and they find out that it's different, they, there's a lot of them that have different feelings about it. However, they are like any military where they have to follow orders and that's, that's what they're doing. And they're going to bomb everything and, you know, throw missiles at everything that they are told to do. Um, it's really interesting because about 3000 of their 150,000 soldiers have been killed by the Ukrainians. And we don't know how many Ukrainians have been killed. It's the number seems to be less than that. But I, again, you know, like you say, we don't know. So, so that was the pretense and, you know, and, and that's exactly what it was. So sad. It's so sad. And I think, so I am half Ukrainian and half Polish and now, um, my question is, will, if, if Putin is successful with the Ukraine, will he go after Poland right next? And I mean, everything that I am is wrapped up into this as well as my, my son-in-law is in the army and he, he's in the army and now he's been put on 48 hour notice, which means, um, he has, he has to be ready to leave 
um, for Romania in 48 hours. Wow. And I, I, I'm not, he hasn't been deployed. They haven't gotten um, the call. Um, but what they have done is they put him on notice and told him to tell his family that he could leave within 48 hours at any moment. Yeah. So I, I think I'm just, um, everything that I am is wrapped up in this. And I, um, I try not to be obsessed with it. Um, but it's hard. It is really hard. And I think I'm going on about my normal day. I'm going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm going to pick Emma up from school. I think, do I need to stop at Home Depot? All of these things that I take for granted, all of these things that I take for granted, these luxuries, these normal everyday things. And I think about my people in the Ukraine and how they are fleeing and they're looking at their home. They're packing up their children. Do I take my cat? How do I take my cat? How do you take your cat? You know, I can see, I see people taking their animals, but really, I mean, I don't know, you know, what do you take? If I, I think I may never come back to my home again. And where am I going? Where am I taking my children? And I'm leaving my husband behind to fight and he's not even trained. I um, It's unimaginable, truly. Um, even being the ages that we are, though we didn't live through World War II, we know enough about it from mm -hmm. having our parents and grandparents live through it that those stories resonate deeply. And we have learned, and we I know we talked about this on another segment some time ago about who do we have to support us or fight for us and you know should anything really go wrong and unfortunately judy that's your son-in-law yeah and it's it's that gender so it is hitting every aspect of your life right now and so i commend you for making that peanut butter and jelly sandwich because that's even small tasks can become very weighty given what we're dealing with emotionally and i it has completely changed my perspective on how I view the simplest of things that I handle in a day. And I, I guess I can't be ashamed to say my life is rather simple, which I greatly appreciate, but I'm not going to complain about the, the rising price of food and gas and this and that, that relates to anything to do with the war, because I'm blessed to be able to put gas in my car and get the asparagus or the shrimp that we want, you know, for a meal. And I'm not sleeping in the subway. And like you mentioned, now that I have a dog, I can't fathom, because this one's not off leash, I can't fathom fleeing for our lives and taking your pets with you and not knowing what the next hour or day is going to bring it's it's not something logically in my mind that should be happening in 2022 we should no. have learned i would have thought but i but i think we're dealing with someone who is mentally completely unstable evil 
truly evil and sick. And what bothers me strongly right now is the fact that there's what appears to be a psychological warfare going on within Russia even for Putin has intentionally spread lies through their media and forcing lies through their media so that their own people don't really know the truth about what's happening. And if they do, if they do know, and they speak out against it, there's a minimum 15 years imprisonment for speaking out against the government, just speaking your mind. And there are last I checked, and this was maybe a week ago, there were a couple thousand and I'm sure that number has, it's either a couple thousand or 15,000 in prison just for speaking their mind against what's happening there. There's a really interesting story about the fuel. We get about 10% from Russia. And what we know, or what Americans don't know, uh, is that we have enough oil in America to support our country for over 2,000 years. We ha- there is a, uh, an oil domestic oil discovery that was made by the U.S. Geological Service in uh, the area is North Dakota, Western South Dakota, and extreme Eastern Montana. There's more oil in that place since, uh, well, that would support us for over 2,000 years. And in addition to that, there is another area underneath the Rocky Mountains that has trillions, two trillion barrels of oil, untapped oil reserves. So we have more than enough oil to support us for many lifetimes over, and we don't need anybody's oil. So what concerns me about this um, is, is that President Biden won't tap these resources. And by the way, we have the official estimates are we have eight times as much oil as Saudi Arabia in our, within our borders. We have 18 times as much oil as Iraq, 21 times as much as Kuwait, 22 times as much as Iran. So we can absolutely support ourselves without any help from anybody. And it is my belief that we should do that. And, uh, and the reason why I believe that we should do that is because we don't know what's coming in the next year or two years, we still are going to have to deal with China going after Taiwan and any repercussions from that. And right now where China had an agreement with the U S for say soybeans, uh, they went sideways on that and they bought their soybeans from Russia. So they're, they're making a strategic alliance. So the, the, the communist or socialist countries of the world, China, Russia, Iran, Venezuela, North Korea, that these people are are going to band together. We need to be independent. So what is Joe Biden doing right now? But going to our enemies, uh, Syria, Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia is an ally somewhat, but still, there's still issues there. Venezuela, and, and looking at purchasing fuel or gas or oil from them. Why? when we have enough oil to support us for over 2000 years, 
why would we buy one dime of oil from our enemies? I, I have a real problem with that. Isn't that just because of his new promise for environmental improvement? How, how does that improve the environment to buy oil from, say, Russia, which is 45% less clean than our own oil? What, but how, it, how does but that I think help it, anything? I think it means that we are not literally digging into the mountains in Colorado and we're not offshore drilling and we're not digging or fracking or anything else that's environmentally dangerous. He's really pushed hard on the type of energy that this country should be shifting to. And I think he's made a lot of promises and it includes no more damage to the earth. But unfortunately at this moment, I, I think lives take precedence over burrowing into the mountains in Colorado or, or whatever needs to be done. And I'm, I don't know much about it except knowing that we do have what we have here, a surplus, if that's the correct word, we have a lot. Um, don't know if there's ever a surplus of that, but we right now, in order to help the Ukrainian people, we could, we could, what, stop? We could just, I don't know how simple it is to say, nope, we're not going to buy any of that. Just stop. I don't know if, if they literally can just shut that off and and stop it right now well they did they did they did put they did put a, a ban on buying the russian oil uh so you know, apparently we are going to stop but we don't we don't go enrich our enemies we we have to take care of ourselves in this country is is my opinion and you know oil has been something that has I don't know if you've ever seen the pipeline. Either of you ladies have ever seen the pipeline. It is Mm -mm. absolutely part of the environment. There's, there's nothing. It's, it's very small. Uh, There there's animals that graze right around. It goes through farmland. It goes through ranch land. It goes through uh, all kinds of places and it's pretty innocuous. You, You just don't even notice it. It's, it's so part of the landscape and, I mean, literally, where, where people are saying that it's so dangerous, there are literally cows grazing right next to it. It's, it, it is not dangerous. What is dangerous is enriching our enemies. And, th- and that bothers me because we do not know if Putin, uh, being pretty off center right now, is, is going to push a nuclear button. We don't know. So I just think that we need to protect ourselves and not be enriching our enemies. Had Joe Biden not enriched Russia by buying oil after he stopped. Uh, we were energy ind- independent under President Trump. And when he stopped that on his first day in office and started buying oil from our enemies, that gave Putin the money to go in and do what he's doing to Ukraine. I, I just feel some responsibility here for the U.S. And I think that we need to stop it and take care of ourselves. And I mean, that's that's how I feel about the oil situation. I, I, I'm dancing over here. I, <laughs> okay. Well, I hope I, you're having fun with it. I don't know. Well, oh my gosh. I have to, I am like beside myself. First off, when this administration, when I hear Jen Psaki say that we have to make sacrifices, right. And that the reason, the only reason why 
our uh, gas prices are so high is because we are now going to stop purchasing oil from Russia. That is a complete farce. We are in this situation because Joe Biden on his first day in office signed in that we would end the Keystone pipeline. We would stop producing our own oil. Um, We would stop handing out leases for new exploration, uh, all because of the environment, because he is beholden to um, the, mm-hmm. he, the, the left. Okay. Yep. He was immediately, he went in and lived up to his promises to his quote unquote voters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at this as a whole, I look at, they're, they're looking at short-term gain. Okay. His short-term gain is votes. Okay. He he's going to do this so that they can stay in power because this is what, what the, the left wants. And yet I, why not stay, why not stay independent and use our resources to, yes, I completely agree. Let's go solar. Let's go wind. Let's go, you know, I mean, even electricity though, you know, everybody says, Oh, we're going to go electric and you are still affecting the environment with electricity. Okay. Hugely, hugely with lithium, with electric cars, that that is worse. That is worse than oil in damaging the environment. But we are not going to affect the, the, the environment. If we lose our country, no. If we lose our influence and we lose our power, which is exactly what is happening. It's a, that's exactly what's happening. And I, I just read recently that they uncovered um, that the bulk of the advertising on social media regarding fracking and how horrible it is for the environment was paid by the Russian government. Wow. Well, there you and go. that's a fact. Effect. You know, so people, they people need to look into, they need to look into the electric cars and see that those cars last eight to 10 years. And then you have to buy a new battery. When you buy a new battery, the battery costs more than the car cost in the first place. We still have cars from the forties and fifties on our roads right now. Have you ever been to um, any of these car events all over the countries? And they have all these classic cars. They still run on gasoline. But your electric car that you just paid $100,000 for is going to be useless in eight to 10 years. Then what do you do? Do you replace the battery at the price of more than that car? Or do you throw it out? So, So your car now is useless. And now they've got these huge farms of all these electric cars that are just sitting out in the middle of deserts. And what do you do with them? The lithium can't be... It can't be recycled. It can't be, nothing can be done with it. So, so here we're, to me, that harms our environment far more, not to mention just look up lithium mines, by the way, which Ukraine has huge lithium mines, which Russia wants um, and China wants. So look at what a lithium mine looks like and talk about damage to the environment. And then don't even mention oil to me. And I think that we should also have nuclear power come back. They shut down everything 
And, and we, we should have a mix of the three. And one more thing is that Elon Musk, who I adore, um, besides being as cute as a bug, he, he's so smart. He is so smart. He has said that, and, and I forget the place, so forgive me for that. It might be South Dakota, North Dakota, somewhere up, up at the top of the country, that you could put a 200 kilometer by 200 kilometer solar farm up there. And that would be enough solar energy to power our entire country. So we could have a mix of all of these things, but enriching our enemies cannot be in the mix. We have to take care of ourselves so we can do all of these things. And by the way, solar panels are not recyclable. They have to be uh, buried, I believe. And they, where do they come from? We don't make them here. They come from China. So again, we're enriching our enemies here. I, I just, I just strongly feel that we need to reconsider what we're doing in the name of the environment, because the environment is the entire earth. It's not just the U S and, and if these people are, you know, harming the environment in other countries, it, it still all comes back to us. And you take those big giant um, wind turbine uh, mm-hmm. blades, the blades, mm-hmm. they're not recyclable either. You have to, you have to bury them. And so, they're I terif- mean, how does that help? <laughs> they're terrifying. My daughter and I have this thing about those giant windmills that are all over in mid Michigan here. And there's a stretch of highway that when you head North, mm-hmm. they're, they're just, sorry, they're terrifying. And I, I don't know how much actual power comes from, you know, 20 of them in fields. I, I don't know how efficient they are. Um, and they're, in my opinion, they're just a giant, literal they're a giant. blight. On they the are landscape. Was, that's the word that I was going to use. They're a blight on the landscape and they are tear. I swear they're going to just, uproot and walk away they're monsters we just they're awful they're hideous they're terrible i really do think that this environment uh, the the push that biden has had with the environmental issues um is a big reason why he's not moving forward with some of these things he's made promises i'm sure and accepted money i'm sure and i I don't feel like he's putting the people's best interest and like our people, like either he's not putting our best interest in America here first. Um, And I, you know, I can't really speak to, to right or wrong with what he's doing regarding the Ukraine, because I'm sure there are some subtle and yet very, very important issues that are taking place regarding Putin's mental stability. And when you deal with a madman, which he truly is Hitler-esque, if not worse in my mind, um, I, you know, one, one wrong move that would really upset him. And like Linda said, he has buttons he can push and I know he's threatening and I not knowing him. I don't know how real those threats are, but he truly does not seem altogether. 
not playing with a full deck and it, you know, he has a bad day and somebody really ticks him off. That could happen. So completely pulling back on this or that, or, you know, how many um, restraints can we have on, on Russia? I don't, I don't know. I think there's a tipping point that they're trying to be very careful with, with regard to not escalating things to the point of nuclear warfare. And, and, and at that point, those two words together, nuclear warfare, it just becomes a nuke fest. Oh, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Judy, with your son-in-law, uh, if they send him overseas, that we don't intend to get in that conflict. So that's the good news. But we do want to protect the, the NATO countries. And one of those, Poland, you know, Poland. just um, God bless them for mm -hmm. helping so much with taking in the refugees from Ukraine and also for facilitating supplying uh, uh, Ukraine and Zelensky with some fighter jets because mm -hmm. that could be a game changer in their fight against Russia. So, you know... Um, I just can't wait for the election because oh, I, 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 it, it's just not, well, which one, the 2022, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 2022 exactly. but, but right, the 2024 yeah. is the one we need, right? We need, we need to get this administration. But yeah. It's gone. yeah. And if it, the, we would not be in this position. You're right. I, I agree. We would not be in this position if, if Trump was our president, I think the Putin, there's no way that Russia would have invaded the Ukraine if Trump Trump was president. And I'm not saying that he's all, all you know, the the holy grail and all of that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that he that administration was for America. That administration protected us and we came from a place of strength. And as soon as Biden got in there, all of our enemies just rejoiced because they knew how weak this administration is. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Along with a healthy immune system, clean air is vital for optimal health. According to the EPA, we spend 90% of our time indoors, where germs are most concentrated. It's essential to clean indoor air. Genesis is the only technology that quickly, safely, and effectively kills pathogens both in the air and on surfaces in seconds, reducing the viral load in any environment. The powerful, well-built Genesis Fogger produces a dry, ultra-fine mist using HOCL, which occurs naturally in our own immune systems. We'll be living with airborne diseases in the future. New viruses and antibiotic-resistant superbugs are no problem for Genesis. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Visit genesisfogger.com. America Out Loud listeners receive a 15% discount with promo code OUTLOUD at genesisfogger.com slash OUTLOUD. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues.
America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. I'm here with my two besties. Becky Kolminen, who is an extraordinarily talented voice talent, and also she's really great at being your friend. She's amazing. I love her. And my fabulous friend, Linda Martinelli, who is a powerhouse. She um, owns her own business as well as has uh, two different radio shows, this one included, um, she's, she does married while talking with her amazing husband, I'm talking and, while married, Judy, <laughs> I'm like, talking while married, <laughs> married while talking, whatever yeah, it is. We yeah. do both. <laughs> I'm married while I talk. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, we're just really glad that you guys are here with us. And, um, I want to sound off about, uh, women's pay in the workplace. And there's a lot of things that are going on regarding this issue. One of them, I heard that, is it the National Soccer League uh, now um, said that their women players have to be play, uh, paid the same amount as the their male counterparts, which I think it's something that they've been fighting for. And that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, I think, <laughs> I mean, yes, they deserve every bit of it. The challenge there, I, I think is um, I'm judged on what I produce, right. And um, what I produce for the company. So if I produce the same amount of revenue that my male counterpart produces, I should be paid the same amount as him. Um, the challenge I think with that is that women's sports do not attract the same uh, level of interest from sponsors and fans. Uh, and so as a whole, it doesn't make as much money. So I think that's why women haven't been paid as much as men. Uh, and I'm not quite sure how to remedy that. Uh, but as a whole, women in, in general, in every single industry are paid much, much less than their male counterparts. And uh, being from a family that produces nothing but women, I, I told you this before, all we produce are girls. I want, my, <laughs> <laughs> we keep luring the men in, thank God, but um, <laughs> to, to keep the family going. But um, 
I have two daughters and I mean, I understand and know how hard it was for me to earn a solid wage uh, as I was coming up in the industry. We've talked about that. And I know that the challenges my daughters are, are facing when will face are very real. Now, I was talking with a very dear friend of mine. We were talking about this very issue and I'm not going to name the company, but let's just say that it is a huge and very well-known company that, uh, that affects us in so many ways. It's involved with government and involved with pharmaceuticals, huge company with a lot of influence. And he's the CEO. Um, and he said, you know, we did this study, uh, to really look at the discrepancies between, um, male and female employees and uh, in, in wage and benefits. And, you know, my staff came to me and said, we need to remedy this. We need to do something about this. And, you know, what he said to me was, you know, Jude, I interviewed, you know, I interview all of the top candidates and I'm going to tell you that the women never ask for more. They never, you know, when I ask them what basically what their worth is and what they're asking me, he said, it's always 20 to 30% less than their male counterpart. And they may be even more qualified than the male candidate. So it, he said, it's, it's a challenge. And, and as an employer, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh no, you should ask for this. Right. I mean, it's, he said, it is crazy. And I think it's, a, um, I, I do think that it's a way, what is it with us that we don't think we're worth that, or we get uncomfortable. Why do we get uncomfortable when somebody asks us what we're worth? You know, we brought up to be humble and uh, take less. I don't know. How did you guys grow up? You know, you fit. This is very timely for me because our 21 year old daughter will be graduating early May and just got, she just landed her first big girl job. And we're super, super excited for her. And with that comes lots of questions and lots of thinking for answering questions that her prospective employers have been asking, which I, man, I really, I admire my daughter. She just seems to have a natural business sense and a business bent that she doesn't even realize, but she communicates these things really well. And so what we're presenting to her are situations that she just simply has never been in before. Um, but in here, in our discussions, we're trying to convey to her what regarding salary, because they haven't talked that yet. And that's their next conversation. And knowing what the salary range is, because the job was posted online, she was asking us, what should I ask for? I'm a college student. So right out of the gate, she diminished her value. Mm -hmm. And she has, one of the reasons why they hired her is because of the experience that she has, unlike any others. They told her she was their top candidate, and they specifically called her before they have given her anything 
any formal offer because they know of another place that wants her unbeknownst to her, they want her. And, and so they're literally fighting for her and they want her experience. So she has high value for them. And we're encouraging her to not devalue herself. And, you know, you don't want to go in 21 and all full of yourself and expect to be paid more than what the job was posted for. But we're encouraging her to hit that higher end and not give a typical response of, well, you know, I was kind of thinking we're encouraging her to be confident. And I, you're right, Judy, I don't know why women in general seem to have been raised in our generation to be rather meek and not value their place. And it's sad. I think there was a lot between 1950 and now that has happened to change things, but there were, there was a big mindset of we need to be homemakers and only homemakers. And then with, after the war, we now are working. And then there are lots of single females with families, but then you had the seventies with the women's liberation movement. And so we've had a lot of mixed messages and confusion and the confusion <laughs> continues with, yeah, I won't even go there. Anyway, um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's, yeah. It is sad that there seems to be um, thoughts of, I'm not worth that much, so I'll just take what I can get. Um, a lot of women are in the place of minimum wage jobs. And so that's part of the statistic, why women are being paid less. Sometimes due to circumstances, minimum wage jobs are the only jobs that some women are able to get. And some of these women may be single parents. Um, it might, I don't know if it actually skews the statistics or I think so the thoughts. Yeah, I don't think it does. And the reason why is that uh, the statistics are based on same job, same qualifications. The only different, the, the only difference is male versus female. Right. And there is still, you know, for the past 15 years, there is still that discrepancy between what men are paid and what women are paid for the same position. In a lot of industries, they do. What, what I find as a business owner is that when women come in to interview with me, and because I'm a woman, they have no problem asking for what they want. In fact, if somebody is uh, just coming in with no experience, they, they have no problem asking for the world, which is just amazes me on the opposite end. But, you know, I, I'm wondering, based on what Judy said, because Judy, I assume that your friend, the CEO, is a male. I, I'm, I'm wondering if women ask less from a man than they would from a woman. I, I, that'd be an interesting study to do. But I do know lots of women that are in HR positions and discuss salaries with people. And they're tough. These women are tough. So women, you know, the, the other option that, that women can do, and maybe your daughter can do as well, Becky, is, you know, if there's a range for that job, she can, and, and, and they give her pushback on what she's asking for. 
you know, she can say, well, I will start at this lower wage, but in 60 days, if I'm performing to your expectations, I, I want the raise. And, and I think that that's fair because as an employer myself, I, I don't, unless somebody really comes in with a crazy good reputation, if they're an unknown to me, then, then I'm not going to start them at the top dollar. They need to prove their, their value to my company. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that's fair. What I think is that women don't go in and ask for a raise. It's not their starting salary. I think that they don't ask after they're employed because, you know, companies don't, always want to pay people more and they don't seem to um, value themselves enough to go in and ask for a raise or they don't know how to ask for a raise. It's very uncomfortable asking somebody for a raise. It's, it's just something that we as women don't seem to want to do is to say, Hey, I know that I'm worth this to your company and you know, I need to be paid more. We just don't seem to do that. So I'm not so worried about the starting salary, but I think um, I think it would be a fair question for women to ask, and and I'd like both of you to to tell me if you feel the same way. You know, for my position, whatever it is that I'm being hired for or considered for, is my pay the same as a man here at the company in that position? Is that a fair question? Absolutely. Yeah. Can you ask? I don't think you can ask that question. Why can't no. you? Why not? Is that legal? I mean, I don't know. Is that legal? Absolutely. It is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, for sure. It's a legal question. And, um, and, and they, I think that they have to answer, don't they? I think they do. It's all about disclosure. And I think that in, in back to, um, for, you know, for Mary's, uh, situation, yes, she is a college student, but she does have two years experience. So not only does she have a degree, but she has two years experience in the same position. Right. Um, yes. plus, right. plus she has, plus she, uh, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. has two year, two years plus experience with software that is brand new the to, the central Michigan university's uh, software that they're using. They are using the software that Mary's been using at ball state and they are nowhere near as familiar with it as she is. Right. So she so knows more her. about that. So she's in, she's they, in a they, good position. She is a very people position. Yes. She is in a great position. And I would, you know, write all of these things down so that, you know, in an outline line form for her, to, you know, because sometimes when you get into the interview, you get a little bit flustered, right? And you're a little oh, yeah. intimidated, especially when you're a college student, right? When you just graduated, she's so young. But she has to remind herself, again, what her worth is, what her experience is, what her knowledge is, what she's bringing to the table. And when they ask her what, you know, what is it? Because they do, what is it that you're thinking of? Uh, as yeah. salary. Mm-hmm. They would ask her that. Um, and at that point, you know, I would lay it out for them. I would say, you know, um, I'm going to, let me explain why first, mm-hmm. why I'm going to ask you for what I think I deserve. 
And then I would lay it out. You know, I graduated, I'm sure she graduated um, with a great, you know, GPA, the, probably close to the top of her class. She uh, is, you know, has the two years experience. She's been utilizing the same software that they are just introducing to their team now. She is an expert in it. She knows how to maneuver through it. Um, and she has great references. I know she does. Um, given all of that, I would uh, really fully expect to be paid at the top of the pay range, which would be X amount for me. Yeah. Um, and, and she and she is um, she's expecting. I mean, we don't really know what to expect, but like Linda stated, and this is it's perfect, which we had mentioned to her as well the room for pay increase if after 60 days, if there's, if she's accepting, you know, let's say the top is 45 and they start her at 43, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to her, that's amazing, which I think yeah. is pretty nice too. Uh -huh. um, but, but it's perfect to say, can we revisit uh, this in 60 yes, days? Yes. In 60 days, can we have a review so that we can re revisit this and discuss pay increase? Because I was thinking of that starting salary, perhaps a little more or knowing that there was still room for increases. And, well, I would and if they have a range for the salary and, and let's just say, um, let's just say it's a range of, of, uh, 30 to 40. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter, sure. but let's just say that. And let's say that they say, okay, we'll start you at 30. I would have her ask the question, what, what do I not bring to the table to be able to start at the 40? What, what, what is it that I am missing? Because it seems to me, like you said, that they want her very badly and mm -hmm. so there's reasons for that. So they, they ought to be really willing to negotiate. And, you know, this is not just about Mary. It, it's about all women, that all women yeah. should, should understand what value they bring to the table. And uh, as an employer, uh, I would give all women an absolute word of advice. And that is when you go in an interview with a company, the whole idea for that company hiring you is for what you bring to the table to that company. If you have nothing to bring to the table, you're not going to get the best salary. But mm -hmm. if you have more skills and, and then let's just say that you don't have all, all of the, the requirements to get the highest wage, yet you know you can do it. And I have employees just like this. That, that don't have a, the college degree, that don't have, you know, the, this experience or that experience. But boy, when they come in, I mean, they just do a great job. And, and then they deserve that, that raise because they bring something for my company. So I think that the, the key is, and what I see missing a lot today in men and women is they're their goal is no longer what can I do to make your company better? What can I do to make your company more successful? The, the attitude today is what can your company do for me? And that, right. that just turns me off as an employer so much. You're, you're, you're not going to get hired here. I, the, the idea of you working at a company is to make that company 
run better, be more successful, uh, come up with new ideas, uh, complete your job. I, I just see a completely different type of employee today than I did before. So there's a good news, bad news with that. If you are a great employee, you are going to get those raises because we need people like you. And if you have the other attitude, you know, is, is it my lunchtime yet? Is it five <laughs> right. o'clock? Right. You know, right. Right. quarter to five, I'm going to start packing my stuff up and, you know, no, that's, that's not what companies right. need. So Boy, we do need to pay equally for equal work, no matter what, that's for sure. And, and I think women need to be more vocal about making sure that that happens. You know, in an article that I'm reading from Forbes right now, it states that companies need to adopt pay transparency. And that's a term I haven't heard before. And it says in a survey, 58% of respondents said they would leave their current job for a company offering pay transparency. As women, we need to do our part to seek out companies that adopt pay transparency and conduct regular pay equity audits. And that's what we were, were talking about and advocate for your raises and promotions. And that's a great term that I haven't heard, pay transparency. I don't know too many companies, at least from my history. And I have been out of the non-work at home business world for many years, but that's an excellent term, pay transparency. Has anybody else heard of that? No, when I, I, I see that as a can of worms. I don't Judy, yeah, I, I need I your know, opinion I on know, this. Really? really? I do. Well, and I'll tell you why, because you can have, let's say you have 20 people in customer service. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, you know that some are going to produce more than others. You know that some are going to be uh, better liked by customers, be able to to do more, work faster. Um, you know, then then you're then you're going to have to you're you're going to have to justify all of your your pay to to different people to to every employee. I I just see that as a can of worms. I mean, the fact is. You have 20 people in customer service. Should they all get paid the same? I don't think so. I think pay should be merit-based. Yes, definitely. So wouldn't that be an incentive? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's so <laughs> many, there's so many factors that go into, yes. um, and in, into paying an employee. I mean, there's so many, it's not just, okay, you're an account executive and you have this territory and you're going to sell X amount. Right. But you there's there's so many different almost intangibles that go yep so you have yes. a degree you don't have a degree you have a certain amount of experience in the field you do not yep. um but it's you know performance I mean? it's your actual it, job it, performance it it's your actual job performance it is um and it's not only is it just what you produce but it's also your effect and your influence on your fellow employees. Are you yes. a leader? Are you, um, are you somebody who is positive and infuses energy and positivity with the team? Or are you somebody who complains and gossips, right? And mm -hmm. who drags the team down? Um, are you an encourager or are you 
um, you know, are you sarcastic and are you, you know what I'm saying? Are you, are you building oh, yeah. this up? Uh, are you for the company or are you all of that goes into it? All of that goes into, um, your performance, right? Um, Have you come up with any new ideas? Are you looking for any new ideas to help us to become more profitable? Right. Um, or, or, or like you said, Linda, are you just punching your clock? Exactly. Exactly. You can be doing the job and just punching your clock, but those people that go over and above are uh, to me are the ones that, that deserve more money. So Mm -hmm. yeah, the, the intangibles are, they're, they're critically important in industry. And I, I don't feel that I should have to share everybody's salary with each other. I I just, I, that really rubs me the wrong way. Well, and for the record, I concur. I, it was very interesting that this article states that from Forbes, you know, but, but been, no, if think- everybody knows everybody else's business, that's, that, that's, that's bad, chaos. Bad, bad, bad. bad. But the that's other, I, for chaos. it is, but I want to um, make one point here in the end, it's about personal, personal accountability. Okay. And personal accountability is not blaming the company, not blaming my manager, not blaming others for what I said I was worth. Okay. So if I am showing up in my position or I'm, you know, or I know what my talents are, I know what my experience is, my education, it is completely up to me to get what I need and get what I deserve. It is not up to the HR person to give me that. Does that make sense? I do not. I always have personal choice. Everybody always has free will choice and I can choose to accept the position or not. And, um, based on what they, you know, what they finally offer me, um, that's, you know, that's the, the thing that there's free will choice, and that I'm, I am personally accountable for my own career, for my, what I get paid for my bonuses, for my benefits, for the time that I've negotiated off for the quality of my life. I am personally accountable to myself. I and love that. And there are yeah. 11 million jobs available in this country. So if you don't like the one you have, go find another. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind.